0: Isaiah chapter 6, and look in verse, uh, first few verses here. He says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Now I'm going to get down to the rest of that in a little bit, so stay right there. But I'd like to pray right now and ask the Lord to bless this. Brother, would you pray for me, please? Now, like I said, I'm, I'm a country-type person. I was raised on a farm, so I, I look at things like a country person does instead of city. If you're city, I apologize uh, that your mother and father raised you there, but I, I appreciate being raised on a farm. You learn a lot of things on a farm, amen, and I like the old country people. They used to get together and they'd sing. They were in the upper chamber. They were all with one accord, Then the Holy Ghost ascended as was promised by our Lord. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. And baptize everyone. I'm going to tell you in here this morning, if you're not saved, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You are going to burn in a devil's hell forever and ever. The Lord Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh. He came down here and he lived a perfect sinless life for 33 and a half years Wicked men took him out. They nailed him on a cross. Not for his sin, but for our sin. Amen. He shed his blood. He was buried. But a lot of men shed their blood and were buried. But I'm telling you, three days and three nights later, he rose from that grave victorious, and that proved that he was righteous. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you'll trust Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, and throw off all that old religious junk, and trust him only and him alone for your salvation and call on his name and ask him to save you. He'll save you. And the Bible said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I don't think God's a liar. I think you're a liar, but I don't think God's a liar, amen. And he'll save you. And if you're saved in the, here this morning, the reason you're saved is you've been through that, amen. Now this morning, I wanna preach short. This morning, I'll get maybe 32 minutes tonight. I'm only going to preach 30 minutes this morning. And I like to preach on something called the dead king. And you see this in the year that King Uzziah died. And King Uzziah had to die before the following events could ever take place. This whole situation depends on the death of this one king. Now, if you know anything about your Old Testament, you know about King Uzziah, he started out good according to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. He was a good man. He was a good king. But pride got into him. And sometimes, if you're not careful, that old pride's going to get into your life. You know that? And it's going to take over and it's going to separate you from your God. Now, the king here is the authority. Whatever a king says, it happened. I mean, if he wanted to cut your head off, he cut your head off. And ain't nobody say anything about it. Amen? And you have to get a hold of this. This king is powerful. In those days, that king's word was absolute. There was no questions about it. Uh, man, I wish people would understand this King James 1611 Bible. I'm telling you, that is the final authority, and what it says is absolute fact. If Bible says you're going to hell, you're going to hell. If the Bible says you're going to heaven, you're going to heaven. Amen. Everybody's going to live for eternity someplace, and you're the one that makes the choice. Now. you're you can get yourself in a mess by being under the wrong authority. A lot of you, some of you, maybe not all of you, but you've been to other places. And uh, I've talked to a couple in here this morning. You wandered around, went to this place, went to that place, and the Lord finally led you to this place. Amen. I thank God for your pastor. His long testimony. He loved God. And, and, you know, he loves you and he loves people. Yeah. I never seen a guy so in tune with the community knowing everybody or witnessing to him, kind to him, and stuff. Man, I remember when I first got right with God, man. I'd preach on the street down there in Mobile, Alabama. And, and man, that boy, it was a rough area down there. They was robbing a store over there. And, and man, they was stealing something over here. And I'm down there preaching. My wife's across the street passing out tracks. And man, i tell you what, it was either going to be somebody's going to get saved or we was going to have a fist fight. Amen. And that's just the way it was. But your preacher, he just loves people into heaven. I thank God for that. And over the years, I'm 71. I'm a little too old to fight anymore so I just have to shoot, shoot at people if it ever comes to that. But, you know, this king tried to do something he shouldn't do. He tried to usurp his authority. He tries to step into a spiritual realm. Like I say, a lot of you wandered around for a long time, and you got in here, and you're starting to grow. And all at once, you get so smart, you think you can tell him what to do, amen? And, you know, God hasn't called you to do that. God might have called you to drive for a bus or go witness to people and stuff like that, but pastoring a church, a whole different ball game. Amen? And I thank God. God's called him to do it. I thank God. God's called me to Vietnam where they treat me like a king at night. Man, they bring me food to eat. They peel everything for me. They take care of me. They My coffee is in my hand at 4.15 to 4.30 every morning when I'm in Vietnam. Amen? I tell you if I want to get on their nerves, I said they say, how's the coffee? I said, it's not as good as it was yesterday. They get mad and they're throwing it out and they're going to make me another cup. Amen. I'm telling you, I like that. I would not want to be the punching bag or the dart board that most pastors have to endure. Amen. I thank God for my calling. I do. But <clears throat> the ministry today is so much about showboating and acting tough and being political and that's not what the ministry's about. Jesus Christ never got caught up in any of those things. Jesus Christ was about people. He was about people, and he loved kids. I know some of you. You know you don't like bus kids. I know every church I go in has got bus ministry. Well, you know they don't like bus kids. Hey, Amen. You got a problem with the Lord? Do you know that? I'm telling you what. You got a bad problem because the Lord likes to be around young people. Amen. And I tell you, you need to get right with God this morning in here over that. You know the mountain men up there in Vietnam uh, that I work with are the Kaha people. And they're like the Vietnamese Indians. They're like the Arapahoe and the Cherokee and all that kind of stuff. And you know, used to, I used to tell them, I could probably whoop 10 of you all at one time. Then I got down to about eight. Then I went down to five. And now if I could take one, I'd be doing good. Amen? I'd I'd sucker punch them. They wouldn't even know it's coming. I'd sucker punch them. But I'll tell you what, they're the weak and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, when I want a prayer answered and I get in dire need, I get them together to get down on their knees. When those men get down and pray, I'll tell you what, it's just like you walked into the throne room in heaven. I mean, when they pray over their food before they eat, I mean to tell you, you think you're in a revival meeting, and they pray and they raise their hands to heaven and they call on God, and God answers their prayers. You know that? I like that. But when uh, I need to get something answered quick, it's them. I don't call Americans, man. I tell you, American Christianity. I'm, I'm get stuck over here running meetings and everything, raising uh, money to build houses. And and I'll tell you what, I am so sick of American Christianity. We got so much and we are so spoiled that we take everything for granted. When those people bow their heads and ask God to bless the food and they thank God for the food, they really mean it because they might not get to eat another meal until the next day. You know that? And those people know how to get a hold of God and they know how to pray. But when they, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, they are physically weak, they're non-political, and they're humble, but I'm going to tell you something. God hears everything they have to say. And, and we need to get a hold of that. And and I'm going to tell you the first thing here that you're going to look at, and you need to follow this in your life. You've got to follow this order. And the first thing in verses 1 through 4 that I read to you was he looked up. And that's a transforming look. That is to change the nature. And you need to get a hold of God first. Politics. Man, if you're all dependent on the Democrats or the independents, or the Republicans to change something in this country, you are crippled too high for crutches. Don't you understand the Republicans are as bad as the Democrats? They're as bad as the liberals. They lie to you to get in office. As soon as they get in office, they do just the opposite. All they want to do is steal your money and give it away to somebody else. They're not going to help you out. They're not going to change anything. Nobody respects politicians. A man asked, said, how do you know when politicians telling the truth or lying? Whenever he opens his mouth, he's lying. When he keeps his mouth shut, he might be telling the truth. But we need to look up, folks, Hollywood actors. They say, well... Brad Pitt, or or boy, what a name, Pitt. He is the Pitt, too, amen? I mean, if you're uh, gonna listen these actors, say, well, I'm for this guy, or I'm for that guy. You think I care what they think? They're actors, folks. They're hypocrites. That's what a hypocrite is. They act like they're somebody else. Listen, singers, these singers get up there and say, well, I'm gonna use my influence to push my agenda, they can't figure out if they're boys or girls. Come on, folks. You think I'm going to listen to anybody like that? They're nuts. I know what I am. I am a man. There's two genders, male and female. Amen? And that God didn't make Adam and Steve. He made Adam and Eve. You need to get a hold of that stuff, man. Quit, you boys need to quit walking around here wiggling like a little girl. Let the girls wiggle around, but you boys need to walk around like a man. Amen? Maybe you need the preacher to slap you around a little bit, toughen you up or something. Amen. I'm sure he'll do it for you. But listen, we talk about these dancers and these directors. We worry about their political style. I don't care what anybody thinks. Right. You know, in our Congress today, they cannot even get up into Congress and use the name of Jesus Christ. They ask their prayer in the name of God. Well, which God are you talking about? Amen. This country was built on Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, people will not transform you. Politicians make Bertie Madoff look like an Amish bishop. I'll tell you what, I have more trust in Al Capone's people than I do these politicians. They make Al Capone look like a Mennonite elder. These people steal and rob and lie. That's right. There is no transformation. None of them, bar none of them. Listen. Have you noticed that years ago Christians talked about the end of the world and lost people laughed at us? Yeah. Do you know now the world is talking about and making movies about the end of the world, and Christians are laughing? Yeah. What has happened? Do you know the Lord could come back right now? Yes, I'll tell you what if he don't come back quick, we're going to be in trouble by about October this year. you know that? I'm telling you, they say there's food short. Even the lost liberal crazies on the left are telling us that there's going to be food shortages. I'm telling you, gas shooting up, uh, uh, inflation, they say 8.5, but reality is probably like 12%. And I'll tell you what, they're shooting everybody uh, full of dope and everything and and everybody taking a pill, think that's gonna fix everything. There isn't but one fix for it, amen. And I'm telling you, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to look up. All this stuff is happening to us because Christians is putting all their confidence in the government and the government never fixed anything. Everything the government gets involved in, they tear it apart and destroy it. We need to look up. We need to quit looking to the government to take care of us. You know the Bible says in Romans twelve two and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need transformed, not conformed. Right. I don't want to be like this world. I've looked. I've been where they've been. I don't want to be like that. Amen, I'll tell you something else, Matthew, over in Matthew uh, chapter 6 and verse 24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both, folks. You know that. It's time to stop all of this showboat, tough acting, political junk and look up to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said in Luke 18, 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? He says again over in Luke 21, 28, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. This is the first look you've got to have. Look up. Look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. The first look is to look up, folks, and that's transforming. When you start looking to God instead of looking out here uh, to all the people and the politics and all this junk out here, God will do something for you. You know that? You've got to learn to look up. I mean, you gotta quit thinking, well, I got plenty of time to get saved. I don't need to get saved today. I can walk out of here and, and you know I'm gonna have another chance. God never promised you another chance to get born again. I'll tell you something else. God never promised you another chance to get your heart right with God. I'm gonna tell you what's wrong with you. I know I can see oh Isaiah. Uzziah. Uzziah is your enemy. You know that? Uzziah is your enemy. Hold your hand out, brother. I'm gonna point him out to you. You wanna see Uzziah? Right here's a That man, I ain't picking on you. you got me to get a kid. He's mean. Right there's Isaiah. That old flesh is keeping you away from God. Do you know that? that flesh is what's keeping you some of you Christians in here from totally selling out and doing what God wants you to do some of you kids God's called you into a ministry to help some of you maybe God's called you to preach God's called you to testify maybe some of you God wants you up in the choir some of you God just wants you to be an encouragement to your pastor amen and I tell you what that old flesh just keeps dragging you down you need to get to look up you need to get a victory over your old flesh and you You need to let God use you. You look up, it'll transform you. You know that? The first look is to look up. I'm going to tell you the next look. Look at verse five. After he looks up, look what he said. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. This is the look in. Once you look up and get a shot of what's up there and you get a look at the holiness and the righteousness of God and you look up, then you need to look in and look what you see. You know what that is? You're going to see the first one's transformation. This is transgression. That look in, you're going to see transgression. And that's the violation of God's law. How many of you will be honest and say, I have sinned against God this week? Amen? Amen. I mean, I tell you, you cannot understand that until you look up. You understand God's law, amen? This is a look nobody's willing to do. It's so much easier and less painful to look at everybody else's sin. I like to look at your sin. And boy, I like to harp on that. And husbands and wives, I don't know if you do this. I'm just using the illustration. Now, don't hit me now. I'm too old to fight. I guarantee you it's a whole lot easier for you to look at your wife's problems, right? And her sin. She does sin, right? Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) I've got a testimony here. He sins too, doesn't he? A lot. You want to name? No, no. It's so much easier to look at other people's sins. It's so much easier to look out here at everybody else instead of looking on the inside. This church, you want to have a revival? You want to see God move in a mighty way in this church? I'm telling you, you need to look up, but then you've got to look in. And you got to see that you're the problem. You think, oh, so-and-so over here, they're the problem, the reason our church can't go forward. No. Like an old preacher said, you want revival to start? Stand right here in one place, draw a circle around yourself, and start revival inside that circle. You start revival inside that circle and I guarantee you revival will break out. Amen? It's so much easier and so lot less painful to point at everybody else. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, let me get over here, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. We got a minute or two. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. He said, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. You know what that means in hillbilly terminology? If you're not wise, you're stupid, amen? And you know what? You need not compare yourselves among yourselves. Quit trying to measure yourself up to somebody else. You need to measure yourself up to the Lord Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us. Now in verse 5 over in our text, Isaiah 6, 5, you see repentance. You know what repentance is? It's purification. And you need to get purified. Not once a month. Not once a week. Not once a day. But minute by minute by minute. Keep yourself clean because you're going to forget what you need to repent about. And you need to repent as soon as it happens. Amen? Listen, I remember one time, man, I come home when I was home from Vietnam. I first got home from Vietnam. I was wild and crazy-er than I am now. And I remember I come home in a bad way. And, boy, I remember the kitchen door was here. My mom and dad's bedroom was right there. My dad worked nights and farmed during the day. And I remember I come in a bad way and I remember my mom, I heard her. She was a, a good Christian lady, man. She was down on her knees and she was praying and she was praying for me. I walked in there and I said, "Shut up!" Shut up. I don't want to hear that. And I wanted to kick her, but there's something in me, folks, wouldn't let me touch her. And she just kept praying. My mom never stopped praying for me until the day she died and went to heaven. She never did. Purification. Verse 5 has six mentions of self. That's a number of a man. And he saw his sin before he saw other people's sins. You see what he said there? Then said, I woe is me for I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. Then I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. He sees himself first. And he gets himself right. Do you know this is the great prophet Isaiah? He wrote a book. It has 66 chapters in it. The Bible has 66 books. In chapter 40 is when the whole thing changes. That's when the one that makes straight the way of the Lord shows up. That's just like 4,000 years before and then the Lord shows up, John the Baptist shows up uh, as a forerunner. I mean, the whole book changes after chapter 40. I mean, this supernatural thing, man, but this Isaiah the prophet was backslid because he was a man of unclean lips. The Vietnamese communists do what they call pha ben. is where they criticize each other and they try to help each other purify themselves. That's what, that's what preaching's about. Preaching is trying to wash you and cleanse you with the word of God and get you cleaned up so you can have good, sweet fellowship with Jesus Christ. Listen, the hardest thing about getting somebody saved is for them to see their self as a sinner. Lord, I hope nobody in here doesn't have that hard problem seeing you're a sinner. Because I guarantee you, your neighbors all know you are. Amen? I mean, I had no problem realizing I was a sinner. Everybody in Franklin County knew I was a sinner. Amen? In verse 6, if you look at that, you're going to see the response. And that's the pursuing. You know, you repent, heaven comes and pursues you. You know, once you get right with God, he's obligated to help you out. And he will help you out. Amen? I mean... When I come back from Vietnam, I hated all Vietnamese. I would spit on a Vietnamese. Man, I would pastor in a church and I hated Vietnamese. And a guy called me and wanted me to go back to Vietnam and show him around the country. And I never forget I went to the back to the country. We was in uh Pho Ho Chi Minh, which is a Ho Chi Minh city, which is Saigon. And we was getting ready to leave. I, the whole 30 days I was there. I was arguing with the police and the police was taking me in, fining. Back then you couldn't go from one district to another and they'd fine you and they was going to throw me in jail. I said, go ahead, I don't care. I ain't paying you. They wanted a bribe. I wouldn't pay them. We was leaving. We was standing there in the Thong Airport and I never will forget I was standing there looking at all those people, all Vietnamese and just looking around, and I never will forget the Holy Spirit of God come down. And he got a hold of my heart, brother. and he twisted and he squeezed my heart. And all at once I'm standing in that airport and tears are rushing down my face. and God took all that hatred I had and I started seeing the Vietnamese as a soul and I saw them lost people going to hell one time a bunch of preachers come to Vietnam and, and they notice the Vietnamese no matter where I go they all love me and they're all hollering in my name and and uh, talking and they all come and we eat together and we share a laugh and cut up and have a good time and a preacher asked me he says, why do these people love you so much and I said I don't know I said, so I asked, and I asked Duke, the one guy there on that picture, and I said, Duke, why do the Vietnamese love me so much? I never thought about it before. He said, oh, that's easy. He says, because they know you love them. He said, it's easy for them to love you when they know you love them. But, you know, that takes some repentance, and then God, you know, comes in and responds And then the last thing is, verse 7 of this point of looking in, there's a reconciliation. There's got to be a purging. You know, thy sin purged, not the nation, not them. He says, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. You've got to get your sin per You know where you do that at? You can do it anywhere. You can do it in a car. You can do it at home. You can do it walking down the street. But I'll tell you what, it's made it very comfortable. The preacher's made it very comfortable, and this church has put money in and got an altar down here and made it real easy for you to come down here and get that thing right. You know, if I wasn't saved, I wouldn't walk out of this building until I was. You know that? I'd be scared to death. And I'll tell you what, if I wasn't right with God this morning, God doesn't owe you another shot. I think I'd crawl down. I've watched people crawl down an altar to get right with the Lord. Now, I'm going to show you the last thing. You got to look up. Then you got to look in. Then you got to look out at other people. And that's the translation. That's to change to another form. If you read verse 9, and I'm not going to take time to read it, you read it. It says, go and tell. Verse 11, there's a question. Well, how long? And in verse 12, it says till it's over, till it's done. People ask me, I'm 71. They ask me, why in the world haven't you retired? You don't need the money. You don't need the hassle. You don't need the nightmare. I look at your pastor. He's 79. (laughs) I knew that was coming. He's 78 and he's still trucking right on down the road. Amen? There is no retirement in this thing. The retirement is to be caught up together with them in the clouds. Amen? That's when we're going to retire. I don't understand retirement. Too many, man, if you guys retire from your job, that's the time you can really serve God. Listen, too many people want to start at this point and work back. when some of you have gotten here without going through the first steps. And you're in a mess. You know that? Your life's going to be a mess. You you need to go through the first steps. You need to look up. Then you need to look in. And then you need to start looking out. Listen, I remember an old grandma in Vietnam years ago in house number two, the second house we ever built. There's two little old girls. They had two different fathers. The mother was a prostitute. They didn't even know who their dads was. Grandma had them. She dumped them. Great. The grandma had them. They lived in an old thatch roof siding house, dirt floor. It rained more in the house than it did outside, I think. It's just constantly running water when it's raining. Those two little old girls, I never will forget. I got pictures of them standing there, pant leg rolled up, standing there in that old muddy house, dirt floor. And I never will forget that. And the old grandma's got a story. She tells this story. She said two weeks prior to me coming, they, of course they had a worship altar. She said, I got down in front of that worship altar. And she said, I pray God, I know there's a real God here. I know these aren't gods. I know there's a real God. And she says, I don't want these little girls to grow up like their mother. God, I want you to do something. And Lord, only you can. Please help me. She said two weeks later, a boat pulls up there next to their house. They live by a tributary. And she said, out come this old crazy American speaking Vietnamese and bringing food in there. Little old kids starving to half to death. Brought enough food in there for a month or two. Knocking the house down, building them a house, building them a double house at the time. Those kids started going to church. Six, seven months later, those two little girls got born again. They was going three to four kilometers on cross rice paddies and that old grandma was sitting on the back end of a bicycle. Uh, one of the little girls was pumping her down through there, little skinny thing, and she went for a year, year and a half and finally one day that old grandma come down and walked that aisle and received Jesus Christ, her personal Savior. I'm, I'm telling you what, folks, that stuff works, you know, but you cannot get to that point and lead somebody to Jesus Christ till you look up. And look in, and then you can look out. And I'm going to tell you the last thing, and I'm done. Many years ago, after being trained to, and deployed in the combat zone many times, I was a FO for the 173rd Airborne. And I dropped in with all kinds of different organizations and different situations I was put in. And I never will forget sitting on the side of a mountain up there by the Eastern Sea. They, you all call it South China Sea. You say that in Vietnam, I'll slap you. They said, China don't own this sea. They call it the Eastern Sea. And I was sitting up there close to a place called the Hawk Nest. There's a great big mountain up there. And I remember, man, I'd been in the jungle the whole time, in and out, inserted, extracted, put in all kinds of bad situations. I weighed 135 pounds. I had boils all over me carrying a rucksack and I never will forget the captain, we called him the old man, come up and said, Roberts, get your stuff all together, man. I thought I was going back to the the rear area and go to another meeting for something because I was the FO. I was in meetings with officers and stuff and plotted out how we was going to do and what we was going to do. And I never will forget, he come back because everything I had was in that rucksack. He come back, he says, you don't don't know what's going on, do you? I said, no, what's going on? He says, you're going home. I said, home? That was a faraway dream of mine, of going back home. I'd done for God. I'd already been there a long time. It was time for him to take me home. In Vietnam, out in the field, when you was out in the bush, before you went home, helicopter, chopper, old you, he'd come in, pick you up. And it had four, it had two skids and it had four uh, 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 things holding those skids on. One up there, one there, one back there, one back there. And what they done, they'd take those uh, smoke grenades and they'd tie them onto those skids, one on each corner. They'd put different color ones. They had red, yellow, purple, and blue, and they'd have them things on there. And right before that chopper'd take off, they'd pop them smoke grenades. And the company was sitting down there and that helicopter pilots would take that chopper down through there and they'd take that chopper there and right when you got where all those men was down there on the ground, they'd flip that thing on the side. They'd have that thing going down there sideways and I was sitting in the door. And I was watching, that's called your victory ride. And man, I was down there, I was watching that thing. I was looking, I was thinking, man, just a few minutes ago, I was down there in the middle of that. And now I'm up here. 48 hours later, I was sitting in my hometown in Brookville, Indiana, my mom and dad's kitchen table. You know, one of these days, (laughs) I'm going home, man. All of this will be nothing but a past memory. You know that? The Lord's going to take me home. I'm going on a victory ride. The Lord's gonna take me for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'll tell you what, the Lord's about to come right now and I'm telling you what, you better get right with God today. If you're not saved, you need to get born again. I wouldn't walk out here lost or having any doubt about whether I was saved or not. And if you're not right with God, you need to look up and you need to look in and get that thing ready today. Let's bow. Amen. Let's bow.